This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. So the conversation we're going to have here today, it's timely, it's appropriate, but it's also a difficult one, I think. Because over recent weeks, um, the issue around Hamas and Israel and the ongoing conflict in Gaza has really and truly uh, raised questions around the application of international law, the hypocrisy in the application of international law, and the adjudication on human rights and whether we live in a world system where some's rights, some people's rights are deemed more valuable than other people's rights. And a lot of moral questions have come to the fore. And for a long time, even preceding the events of October the 7th, the issues around the Middle East um, have always been divisive, confusing and controversial. And it's really a question of how you see the world and how you understand the history of the world. But be that as it may, experts will tell you that if your historical log on this matter only begins on the 7th of October, then some of the utterances we've heard being made, um, I guess, are justified. But if you trace the conflict in its historicity, to the 19, early 1900s, 1940s, when the state of Israel was officially created by proclamation of an act of the, Jew, uh, of the um, British Parliament, then you start to understand the complexity of the problem being a problem of a modern-day issue around land rights, statehood, respect for indigenous peoples and then all the other questions around ground culture and religion uh, that come through. And many of our listeners have said, because we come from apartheid South Africa and we understand what oppression is, a lot of people's sympathies are with the Palestinians. But why can we not hear the argument of Israel because the Jewish people who are part of the nation of Israel have known a lot of displacement, oppression, bondage in a world that's also been very unkind to them. And why can't we also have that empathy? And so with those words, with that preamble, we begin the conversation about Israel in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. And we're joined by Tembisa Fakute, a senior research fellow at the Africa-Asia Dialogues. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And thank you for coming through. And we're also joined by Dr. Tembelani Gentile, a theologian. Good morning. Good morning. And thank you uh, for having me. Let's start with just a few semantic issues, Dr. Gentile. Often when people talk, they'll go, the Israelites, and then you say they're not Israelites, they're Israelis. There, there is a biblical context of the promised land, and then there's the political context of 
Israel and the state of Israel in the modern day. They're two very different things, even if the geographical region is the same. Please explain. And they shouldn't be confused. And, and, and I think that that's what has been has actually been been happening. Um, uh, I mean, the term Israel uh, refers both to people and and to the to, to the specific area. And um, uh, when when people start talking and, uh, and and confusing the two, it it really becomes a serious a serious challenge. Because I mean, the state of Israel is purely political, and uh, when when you talk of the biblical Jews and uh, or uh, um, Israelites, you 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 talk not only in terms of uh, politics; you also speak in terms of religion, worship, mm. and 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 the posture they they take spiritually. Mm. So. So it's very important for us to differentiate, um, and, and so badly so, between between the two. I'm going to interject there and just say, clarify for us what you mean, because in as much as there are Jewish people who are God's chosen children, who are Israelites. You say this is a political issue, really born of a UN General Assembly decision in 1947. 1948 that created a modern day state of Israel it's not the same thing and this is why in this current conflict not all Jewish people agree with the actions of Israel even if they share the same culture and religion not all Jewish people agree with what's happening so what is that distinction between being Jewish being Israeli and then being Jewish and being an Israelite Okay, Let, let's start first with the chosen, the, the chosen part. Remember, the children of, of of Israel, actually the children of Jacob, um, those twelve, twelve uh, uh, tribes, tribes. Mm. and um, and they, they they are born of Jacob, who was a child to um, uh, uh, the child of uh, is it Abraham. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not. I'm not thinking clearly uh, uh, here, mm-hmm. but yeah. what? What? And and there was a promise, and 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 uh, you know, Jews have always spoke of them themselves being chosen, or or, or rather, you know, being being set apart uh, to occupy a certain land and and all that. Mm-hmm. Now. That was both political and and and, and religious. Uh, the, the purposes of religion is to worship, and uh, and and share whatever the good news that they had and and, and all that. Okay. Now, the the advent of the Christ. You still still remember the the chosen part. The advent of Jesus Christ raised a new a new perspective. Um, um, specifically, Paul speaks about it. Um, he says in Romans chapter two, he talks about who actually is a true Israelite, mm-hmm. and then he says is actually one who has the spirit of God. They have been circumcised of heart. Now it does not speak of the the physical physicality thereof mm-hmm. of that spirituality. In Romans chapter nine and six, uh, verse six, Paul says not all Israel are those who are descended from Israel. That means from 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 Jacob. 
So, so um, uh, I think it, it, it's in Galatians where it yeah. says, in this advent of Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, okay. nor is there male and female. All so right. the, the argument of being chosen in, in our dispensation, it, it, it really falls off, especially after AD 70 when Jerusalem fell. Okay, so what you're saying is, with the evolution of religion uh, from Judaism to Christianity, it's very clear that being an Israelite is really about an emotional, spiritual uh, posture versus a physiological, geographical one. And that's why it's also dangerous to use the Bible as a reference in this particular conflict. Okay, let's bring Tembi Safakude in there. We've established the theological issue. Let's establish the political one. So... November 29th, 1947, on the recommendation of Britain, which was uh, which ruled over this area of Palestine, this Arab state, this Arab area uh, as a protectorate, it was recommended that this geographical uh, region be uh, given to dispossessed, displaced um, Jewish people as their fatherland, the state of Israel. And so by a UN General Assembly decision in November 1948, by 1947, uh, in 1948, the state of Israel is born. And I think it has even its roots to the Balfour Declaration. But all of that history, what did it mean at that junction, 1948? Well, it meant that people were uprooted from Europe and Europe in its attempt of cleansing itself from the actions of uh, fascists, uh, mainly in Germany, decided that they were going to transfer and give right to thousands of people to go and occupy other people's land. And that land was called Palestine. And it was called Palestine even when the Jews arrived for a very long time. Um, If you look at history, and in fact, there is a a movie currently... um, talking about how many Jews use uh, Jewish passports, I mean, use Palestinian passports to travel. So the mistake that Balfour Declaration and the British did in, uh, you know, hastily leaving uh, Palestine was to accommodate these people. But when they were doing that, the land had people in it, and those people were Palestinians. Mm. And this led to what is now or today known as a Nakba, or catastrophe, where uh, the gangsters, some of whom were brought, uh, nationalist gangsters who were brought from the from various parts of Europe, mainly um, mm. Central uh, and Eastern Europe, went into Israel, um, in what today is known as Israel, or Palestine at the time, uh, forcibly removed people, killed people, and uh, forcibly established mm. the state of Israel. Um, okay. So we come to this accusation now of the Europeans uh, forcing people to move to a place in inverted commas without people for people without okay. land. I still just, uh, and that's where, they, that's where the challenge started. Okay, so I still want to just focus on just those historical events uh, because the independence and declaration of independence of the State of Israel actually took place on the 14th of May, 1948. And as Ayabong Akawe reminds us, that it started with the Balfour Declaration in 1917 where the British occupiers said perhaps we should create a State of Israel. It then went to the UN 
Uh, it was debated in the 1947 sort of sessions of the General Assembly and by 1948 a new country was born but it was born out of a declaration and it was created from what I'm hearing you say because Jewish people who'd lived in other parts of Europe particularly Eastern Europe Russia and then later Germany had faced a lot of persecution uh, in those communities we know about the pogroms and we also know about the Nazi um uh, the Nazi behavior and how they oppressed Jews and ultimately led to the genocide, the Holocaust. So Jewish people had known an, an incredible amount of displacement, marginalization and persecution and oppression in many parts of Europe. And so as you're saying, the Europeans then said, you know what, we need to wash our hands of this problem and give them a country of their own. And they just allocated this land that already had people living on it. Is this correct? Yeah, well, the other thing which is very important, by the way, when these decisions were made, there were other places that they, they were scouting for a land. And one of the countries that they thought of transferring the Jews to was Uganda. So the current Palestine was an option, but it was amongst options uh, that... Well, were, were, were part of which land these people were going to be mm. transferred following the persecution made of the Jewish people between 1939 and 1945. So, so it wasn't a completely scientific the, process, a, a completely agnostic process um, is how they did it. That's how they did it. It had nothing to do with religion, by the way. Um, it was just convenient. And uh, Palestine was eventually agreed to because of the biblical and historical relations. And by the way, the way Jewish people were living Mm. in harmony uh, with the Palestinians or Arabs at the time, all of them were called Palestinians, both Jews and uh, Arabs. They were living quite comfortably with each other. And until the um, complication or European complication emerged and people started flocking into Palestine and uh, committing the crime that they committed, uh, mainly from 1947 and 1948 and after that. And that led to the mass mass uh, exodus, exodus of people into the yeah. one Gaza, and some of them were internally displaced. Yes, I mean, right. Gaza, if mm-hmm. you go to Gaza, for example, you find a lot of people who come from uh, Palestine for eight, which yeah. is now called Israel. Uh, they are refugees. Inside uh, uh, the West Bank, you find a lot of okay. refugees who are also kicked out of their homes uh, in 1948. Okay. Then you've got Arab countries uh, that are currently also um, hosting a number of, of okay. refugees who were kicked out of Palestine okay. in 1948. I think what I'm just, I'm just trying to establish that the creation of the state of Israel was, yeah, it had some religious uh, backdrop to it but it was just a, a a political process it wasn't scientific it wasn't it was just something that was decided as a proclamation by someone that we will allocate this land and that's why people are always saying can we stop discussing this as a religious issue and as a land issue that's true it's it's a land issue it's political it's not religious in any way or form okay. uh, it's political by the way it's a horrible precedent can you imagine if somehow, um, you know, Zulu people decide or, you know, mm. uh, the indigenous people of South Africa, whoever those people are, decide that this belongs to us and everybody else must be kicked out and go back to where they come from. And we, as it's claimed that many of the Nguni-speaking people came from the yeah. Congo Basin, yeah. but as it's kicked back to the Congo Basin and they get there, they start claiming that land from others. And yeah. It's political 
chaos okay. in terms of global yeah. politics. All right. But it's allowed somehow to be to happen in uh, okay. in Israel. Okay. Like I said, today we just want to look at this from the Israeli point of view. I don't I don't I don't want to go into the rights and the wrongs and I'm not saying we shouldn't be discussing them. I just want to see if there's any merit to how Israel argues its case. Now Dr. Gentile the secondary issue is the reason why the state of Israel was created is the issue I raised, which is Jewish people had faced a lot of persecution in the world, in Eastern uh, and later in Western Europe. Some of the worst, worst, worst oppression that has ever been recorded in human history. And so they themselves know what it is like to be refugees, to be displaced, to be stateless and to be demeaned and um, devalued in humanity. And uh, as Tim Bissa says, the, the West probably wanted to assuage their conscience by creating a state of Israel because they know how poorly they treated Jewish people in Germany and in the pogroms of Russia and, and Eastern Europe as well. Yeah, it's said that the, the, the abused are now um, the abusers. And, and and I mean we we have seen it. I, I, I think even with the advent of apartheid in South Africa and all that, uh, um, Africaners will always tell you that uh, the, the British war that they had it actually affected them psychologically. And at some point, those who were who were who were abused, they they, they sooner or later become you know the the the, the, the abusers. But I also like to what uh, Tembega is saying mm. that. Um, uh, really, we shouldn't we shouldn't look at this, um, uh, you know, in terms of re- religion, mm. but we can look at it in terms of spirituality, um, of of the people generally, um, or the Israeli um, uh, uh, population particularly, because even if it was political, those who wrote to the British, they they, they actually. Um, where, where one way or the, or the other um, uh, influenced by their religion um, that, uh, you know, we need to preserve Israel because we are a chosen people mm. and we want our own, our, our own land. So the results were, were political, mm. even if they were, they were, they were spent in So it's really sad to see uh, uh, Israelites or Israeli treating Palestinians Right. Um, and, and, and this way. Okay. So, uh, Tembi, just very briefly, once the State of Israel was formed in May, uh, May 14th, 1948, what transpired in terms of building a nation? Because it's a construct now, this formation of nationhood. Well, it became a theocracy. Uh, and, you know, the coincidence of Pakistan, South Africa, and and Israel is quite intriguing, but when it was formed in 1948, it became, it became a theocracy. In other words, they started encouraging what is known as the Aliyah, or right of return of all the Jewish people born of a Jewish grandmother, mm-hmm. uh, irrespective of generations, to um, you know encourage them to migrate to this new uh, safe place for all Jewish people around the world. And uh, as a result, they then had a flag, had an army, and um, tried to create a Jewish race, which is a problem, again, uh, because you kind of, you know, Judaism is a religion, not a race. But at the moment, we all know mm. 
uh, you know, we talk loosely about, hey, that guy looks Jewish. How do you explain that? Mm-hmm. So it was, again, all these attempts of trying to form a state and, um, f- you know, come up with all the, the trappings of a state, mm-hmm. flag, people, army. Mm-hmm. And after that, they've, of course, been trying since then to cleanse um, Israel or the Jewish state of Israel, of all the people that do not look like them, don't follow the same religion, right. in, a, in an attempt of making this a pure Jewish state. And that's okay. why you see the continual persecution of the Palestinians. It's all about ensuring that this remain pure and it's reserved okay. purely for the for the Jews, who will eventually look the same and eventually form if, if a race called Judaism. Yeah. If I'm, if I may ask, sorry for wasting your time. You know, I, I visited the, the, that that area in 2012. What I picked up, well, it's not scientific. That out of ten people who are walking in the street, you find that five five of them are uh, are Jewish, say in Jerusalem, and then and then and then out of that five, you have two who will say they are practicing Jews. And then you have three who will say, "No, we 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 are not really practicing Jews," mm. and 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 really, that for me is very important. Okay. That uh, for for those of us who who argue this or based on spirituality, I mean, you only find two Christians and and yeah. three and three uh, um, uh, Islamic trainers. Okay. Uh, okay. So. So it's a very complicated country. Okay, and that's why we should be careful, is what you're saying. But I did like the terminology of flag, people, and armies, that from 1948, there was this need to create statehood, and and statehood needed to be predicated on something. So they tried to use religion, and they tried to use identity. And this is why people use the term Zionism, because it's not really about the religion. It's about this this nationalistic identity of creating a, na- a nation. Uh, Tembisa is what I'm hearing you say. Now, let's talk about the security of Israel, because that's also heightened um, how Israel responds to dissent, to criticism, because they find themselves now in this constructed state of this constructed nationhood in a region that's pretty hostile, where you have had countries not too far away like Iran saying they don't recognize the state of Israel created in 1948. And militant groups allied with Iran, Hezbollah, Hamas, uh, and now the Houthis in Yemen saying we absolutely don't recognize the state of Israel and would want to see the annihilation of the state of Israel. And so if you are living in your new country as a child of um, survivors of genocide and Holocaust and know that everywhere else in the world your people have suffered persecution and you live in a region where people are saying we're waiting to destroy the state of Israel, would that not create the kind of militarism we see in the state of Israel, the kind of utterances of a Benjamin Netanyahu and a Likud party, and the justification then of how Israel responded to Hamas. Tembisa. Well, you know, when these people came from Europe and various parts of the world, there was a, a town in, in Palestine called Deir Yatin where massacre happened uh, in 1948. And this town hosted, it was more like a Sophia town. Jews, Christian, Muslims live in harmony together before you had these um, gangsters, the Stain Gang and others who came in and started creating animosity problems within the people of Palestine. Um, and it is the, these people that actually um, created problems within the region. And the region only reacted after the mass 
uh, exodus of people into their own countries, whether it was Egypt, Jordan, uh, Lebanon and Syria and other uh, countries mm. in the Middle East. It was a reaction of trying to protect these people who didn't, who didn't have an army, who used to live in peace and harmony. And by the way, some of these people who were forcibly removed in Palestine in uh, at least between 1947 and 1948 mm. and in 1968 were Jewish who were living uh, side by side with uh, with uh, with the Palestinians. Then mm. we started having this encouragement of all other Jews and Arabs, Jewish, by the way, from Morocco, Saudi Arabia and other countries, including mm. Iran. There's a sizable number of Jews in that part of the world and Iraq to go and uh, live in, in, in Palestine. Mm. So it's not correct to say that the what triggered the necessity for Israel to protect itself was because of the hostility mm. from the Arab nations. They lived in harmony for a very long time without right. that hostility. But you had these armed bandits coming from Europe who created this problem. And of course, it was a justification for them to go and solicit support, uh, solicit funding in terms of mm. them arming themselves and creating a state right. that was fit for peoples uh, in, that will include a army and right. to continually... Um, convince the world that it's necessary for them right. to have an army because they are living in a hostile environment, which was not necessarily true. Because if you look at the Jewish people, uh, mm-hmm. for example, there are different types of Jewish people, the Sephardim and, uh, and mm-hmm. others and others. And there's a sizable mm-hmm. number of Jews who are Arab Jews, who come from the Arab countries. They've got, they speak Arabic. Neighbors were Arabs where they came from, whether it was Morocco, right. as I said, Saudi Arabia, Syria, Iran, and all okay. of that. So these are, these are Arabs who happened to be of Jewish faith. Yeah. And then you had these others who had the political intentions, the Zionists who came from mainly Central and Eastern mm-hmm. Europe and who yeah. created this havoc with an intention of creating a state. And for you to create a state, of course you must have an army. And that means you have to uh, communicate to your neighbors that you can be touched and should okay. they even attempt to do anything to you, you're yeah. going to react in the okay. manner that you've seen Israel reacting towards the Palestinians, not only now, from 1948, 1967, mm-hmm. you know, 1973, okay. all of those I'm times, go- they have been very hostile towards the Palestinians. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject. I'm going to ask, because I don't feel like the conversation is completed. I'm going to ask that we take the news and then we just end it in the, la- in the, in the first five minutes of the next hour, just so that we have a neat end, if that's okay. Tembi Safakuta and Dr. Timbalani Gentile. Power Talk with Lerato The time is nine minutes past the hour of 11 o'clock. Just the sidebar, uh, now the show is being driven by Ern Machi, and he's also come to work in black. I think the only people not wearing black are Nyakal Lotefo and myself. I have to say, Bafana, Bafana, you've done Powerhouse Dirty. Everybody's wearing black today. It is nine minutes past the hour of 11 o'clock. I just would like for us to conclude our conversation with Tempi Safakude and Dr. Tembelani Gentile, a theologian. And this is because recently, power listeners, uh, we've had many discussions about South Africa's case at the International Court of Justice, the merits of that case, and whether South Africa can prove that the actions of Israel in Gaza in since October in the 100-day war are tantamount to a genocide, an ethnic cleansing. Um, And some people saying legally South Africa's case is not strong, but morally it is strong. Um, And then on Friday, of course, Israel presented its case. But there's just a sense that we, there's been a lot of uh, empathy for the Palestinian uh, cause without really locating uh, any of the issues in how Israel 
sees this problem. Israel conceptualizes the problem of their security in the Middle East. And so today we thought, let's have that conversation as objectively as we can. So you will hear me uh, interject and say, this is not, we're not talking about the Palestinians. It's because we really want to articulate whether Israel has a case. And so as we wrap it up, I want to say thank you to Tembisa Fakuda and to Dr. Tembelani Gentile as well. So, Tembisa, just before we went to the news, you were very clear to say before the creation of the State of Israel, because it was a creation on a UN proclamation in 1948. Before that happened, there are people who lived in modern-day Palestine who followed the Jewish religion, but racially, ethnically, are Palestinian and they coexisted really well with the Jews who either migrated or were indigenous to the area. So we cannot keep listening to an argument that says the state of Israel is insecure in this region because historically the people of the state of Israel were secure. Is this what I heard you say? Totally, yeah. The people of the state of Israel, which was called Palestine, and those people... Uh, carried Palestinian passports um, was secure and they lived happily and peacefully with each other before the advent and the declaration of the state of Israel in 1948. So that is correct. And the people actually brought tension in, in the region where the outsiders who were fleeing um, political tensions and other uh, complications in Europe which were not uh, created by the Palestinians but were created by the Europeans and for Europeans to solve this problem, they've decided that the best thing to do is to create a state of these people where they can have their own army and protect themselves mm. protect themselves from future persecution, as it was the case mm. in Europe. So it was not the fault of the Palestinians that they you know, they had to find themselves in a situation that they currently find themselves. It was an imposition by European countries. In fact, Israel and the current problems in, in, in Gaza in particular actually were created by Europe. Because mm. Europe was trying to seed this problem to another, another mm. far away from uh, from mm. Europe, and um, Europeans who were persecuted in Europe decided to form this this country called Israel, mm. and um, we are where we are today because of those irresponsible actions. And by the way, many of us forget um, the origins of this conflict. This conflict was actually started by Europeans, mm. the same country that refuses at the moment, for example, to support South Africa on its effort and um, taking uh, Israel into ICJ, Germany, Mm. is the culprit in this regard. Mm. And uh, it continues, of course, to cleanse itself from these, uh, you know, historical mistakes that it's made. So Mm. we are having a political problem. This is not a religious problem. It's a political problem because the um, Israelis, as it's correctly said uh, by the bishop, are not Israelites because I like to believe that I'm an Israelite, and you're yeah. possibly an Israelite. Yeah. If, you've <laughs> and, got, if you've got the Spirit uh, of know. God in you, as, as he explained. Okay, so I just want to, you know, because I like things to be very simple, as you know. So this, for me, and I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm not, not, not saying this is what had happened. But this is like a, a new country being formed called Liberia. And it's because you want to resettle descendants of slaves back in the motherland, Africa. But when those descendants come from America into Liberia, this new country, there are already indigenous people living there, some of whom are related to these former slaves, others coming from the region. And so those who were always there coexist 
with their neighbors and those who are coming from foreign shores are creating havoc. It's a similar, it's not a similar thing, but it's that kind of thing that's happened. Totally. Okay. Now I understand what you are saying. And so the non-indigene Jews, Israelis, are the ones who have come with this heightened sense of creating an, a, a super national identity and have exaggerated it and corrupted it, is what I'm hearing you say. That's very correct. And these are not necessarily religious people, by the way. Most of them were not religious, no Jew, Jewish okay. in terms of following a faith. They were politicians who just used yes. this premise and uh, scapegoat okay. of jewelry into forming a state. Okay, so let's wind the conversation down and close it off. So Dr. Gentile, from everything you've heard, this is a political conflict. It's lodged in the annexation of land that once belonged to the Palestinian people. It's about creating, constructing a country as of 1948 and the only way you can construct it really definitively is to create a sense of loyalty to a flag, is to create a racialization of an identity and it's to build a formation army and it's to create uh, an, an an ultra threat threat that may or may not exist and this is how we've seen the formation of the state of israel now that it's time to talk peace when is the chance to talk peace and morality how do we, how will they go about it because they've tried everything uh, in the oslo accords the two-state solution it's not working and in fact one of the reasons why things transpired the way they did in October is even though two separate territories have been allocated to the remaining Palestinian people who haven't been displaced, uh, Gaza and the West Bank, the people of the Jewish state of Israel keep encroaching on these lands. They keep disrespecting international accords. Yeah, it's, it's sad because the, 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 they have a powerful um, a backup in terms of uh, America, British, and uh, and and others, but um, these can only be solved by political um, solutions. That I think um, Palestinians and the Israelis uh, they can manage. I mean, yes, yesterday they they agreed on um, you know opening doors for humanitarian uh, assistance in Gaza. So what makes them not to? You know, sit around the table and and discuss the issues around that 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 land. What what we I think um, myself and others in in South Africa are really calling for is that there must be a dialogue and then and then there must be a ceasefire and and whatever they all agree on. I mean, should be what uh, takes place. Otherwise, we will pray uh, for the peace. Uh, uh, in that land, mm. but they, they need to sit around the table okay. and sort out their, their, their issues. And All they're right. dividing the world now. Yeah. You know? Okay, so Timbi, so you heard the submissions on Thursday, South Africa, on Friday, uh, Israel, and I don't know what how the ICJ is going to adjudicate this matter of genocide, but over and above this issue is going to be a ceasefire right now in the current conflict and thereafter a real proper negotiation if it's possible about a two-state solution um, and who are the main players in this conflict because it's interesting to me that whilst we speak about the access of the Houthis, the um, Hezbollah, Hamas, Iran as being hostile to the state of Israel, there are many Arab nations that have sympathy with Israel which has been interesting and intriguing for other people to make sense of. 
Yeah, well, first of all, Benjamin Netanyahu said he's not going to re- recognize, no, um, you know, adhere to whatever the ruling the International Court of Justice is going to make. So that's one. The players in, in, in this instance, mainly Egypt, Qatar, Iran, and, and, and um, uh, Saudi Arabia, because of its majority of the Sunni Muslims uh, and also its linkage with Hamas and Islamic Jihad. So the prospect of a two-state solution, for me, out the window is not going to happen. If you look at what has happened in terms of the demarcation of what was supposed to be a Palestinian state, both in Gaza and in the West Bank, is basically a small little township, you know, surrounded by the um, settlements which are occupied by the Jewish uh, extremists. Uh, and if you are to create a state, how are you going to create a state? Basically, you are saying Tembisa, Soweto, Katlehong, and others are going to be a state. In between that, you've got Johannesburg and others that part and parcel of a of it is an Israeli state. So mm-hmm. at the moment, um, geographically, it's simply impossible and technically impossible to have a state because mm-hmm. of the settlement. And they continue to expand, by the way. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, a huge concrete wall that separates uh, these settlements from the Palestinian uh, territory. So how are you going to create a state in that manner? Not unless you plan to build bridges across going over the uh, Israeli settlement. Mm-hmm. So geographically it's just simply impossible i think the the two-state solution at least even within many palestinians has long been gone because of these settlements i think the palestinians many of them are now saying a one-state solution where it's similar to what we had in south africa where jews israelis i mean uh, jews muslims and christians live in harmony together with one constitution moving mm-hmm. forward but to think that and to even resuscitate this discussion for many Palestinians is a waste of time because okay. geographically and practically it it's simply be. impossible. Gentlemen, I thank you. It's been an education and we're, we're seeing it on social media as people are responding to this conversation. I've received private WhatsApp, so people are saying this is the stuff we need to be taught at school, History 101, and it happened on Power Talk today, and I really appreciate it. Tembi Safakuda and Dr. Tembelani Gentile, thank you for your time, and perhaps we can revisit it uh, this conversation now, but properly, now that we understand the two sides of the arguments, now we can go into the real ethics and the dilemmas in this problem. Thank you for your time. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.